You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. They play well together. They're coached well, so obviously they have a good scheme. Do a pretty good job. I haven't really had a game against the Patriots yet where I feel like I had you know, a game that I was hoping to have. So, you know, they obviously understand who's meant to do what and uh, who's who in the zoo, as we say around here. So, at the end of the day, you got to find ways to still make it happen and, and not use it as an excuse to not, you know, having certain guys be able to produce regardless. So, you got to get a plan together and execute it. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Love that saying. Who's who in the zoo? Devontae Adams dropping knowledge about the Patriots. Never had the game that he expected to have or wanted to have or a big-time performance to get the Patriots because, well, Bill Belichick does a good job of taking away what you do best. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920, hour number three of the show. And to help us bring in hour number three is our good friend Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. And, Brad, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. Wanted to talk about uh, some potential trades that are out there. Of course, the trade deadline is October 31st. Before we really get into that and deep dive, Frank Clark from the Broncos, he's uh, inactive tonight. The game kicks off Thursday Night Football in about an hour and 15 minutes. They reduced his salary. Uh, what's the inevitable that you think is going to happen with Frank Clark? Is he going to get traded, or do you think he just flat out gets released? I think at this point, if you don't get some news maybe late tonight, I think you could see tomorrow they just go ahead and release him. You know, they obviously traded Randy Gregory where they did the same thing, put it out there they were going to release him, and then had a late you know, last-minute trade with the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, I think in this situation, you know, Clark just has not really been effective, been a little bit injured this year as well, uh, and I wouldn't be shocked if he just hits cut. Is this a situation where Sean Payton is just kind of cleaning house, knowing that he's got plenty of time? I mean, the, the organization is obviously on his side and just realizing that we can't move forward with these guys like a, Grand, a Gregory or a Clark? Yeah, I think it really is. Is that He wants to get his guys, quote-unquote, you know, all the rookies and everyone on the team, the young players, get them more playing time. They do have Baron Browning coming off of uh, injured reserve. I think next week he should play. Uh, a very good young player, former third-rounder that comes off the edge uh, and provides a good presence, was really good last year before getting hurt himself. So you have him, you have Nick Benito, a couple other young players, and they know they're not going to be any good, so why not clear some salary and just get as much experience as possible you know, for the young players on this roster? I mean, a receiver as well, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton gets traded. They have a young second-round pick in Marvin Mims, who's been explosive, that's that's kind of what you do when you're when you're one in four and probably one in five after about you know four hours from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got the Chiefs on, on deck for a Thursday night football kicking off week six. Final question on the Broncos: What do you think about Russell Wilson? He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been Seahawk go win a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, where do you think him and Sean Payton stand? Yeah, he, he's been better. I think they really have catered the offense to they want to run the football, they want to throw in the, the short, intermediate areas, and then occasionally take deep shots, right? It's kind of the early Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks, not the late stage, you know, let Russ cook era, right. uh, where he was prone to making mistakes and taking a lot of sacks, and the negatives maybe did not outweigh, or they did outweigh the positives. So they've been pretty efficient moving the football, you know, top 15, a bunch of efficiency metrics. They are converting series of downs into new series of downs pretty often, you know, from like a drive perspective. They do sustain some pretty good offensive drives. But, yeah, at the same time, he hasn't been a world beater, hasn't been, you know, the elite guy he was for a couple years. And when you're making that much money, you know, you need him to be that good. 
Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. The trade deadline comes up on Halloween, October 31st. How active do you think this trade deadline is going to be? I think it's going to be super active. I think we've seen a change in the NFL and the attitudes that teams have. Last year there were 10 trades in the week leading up to the deadline, which was twice as many as any year over the prior decade. And I think mm. teams just realize now whether you're a very good team that's trying to contend and is willing to add that extra piece maybe push you over the edge, or on the flip side, you know, you're, you're the Denver Broncos or others at 1-4, and four, you're not very good, you want to jumpstart a rebuild, and you realize the fastest path back to being an actual contender is, is shedding salaries, getting as many draft picks as possible, um, and, and just starting fresh. And so I think both ends of the spectrum are kind of more honest with themselves what they need to do. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very active deadline once again. One of those teams that is not very good is the Carolina Panthers. They're 0-5. Brian Burns is a heck of an edge rusher. He's a guy that wants a big-time contract extension. Do you see any chance that he gets out of Carolina? And if you, if you do, what kind of contract extension would he be looking for? I do think there is a decent chance he'll be the, the main you know, headline blockbuster name. I mean, look, they, they didn't take two firsts and a second-round pick from the Los Angeles Rams at last year's deadline, and they're probably kicking themselves a little bit. Try to go into the offseason time to an extension, are unable to get something done. So now he's playing on a fifth-year option. He's continued to play well, has five or six sacks on the year, uh, a bunch of pressures, you know, his usual very good pass rusher self. Um, I think I could see a scenario where he's like, I'd like to go somewhere else. Um, you know, I'm kind of wasting my time here. And then for Carolina, you don't have a first-round pick this year. You don't have a second-round pick in 2025. Maybe you recoup both of those in a trade of Brian Burns. And then if a team does trade for him, I think we're looking in the range of $27, $28 million per year. Let's say a you know, four-year deal in that range. I mean, you know, he's not the greatest run defender, but you don't really pay, you know, edge rushers to, to defend the run. He's been a... 50-plus pressure, 9-10-plus sack guy uh, the last four years in the NFL. So those guys get paid. Does it feel like that that's the way to go about it, though? If you're going to trade for a guy and you know he needs a contract extension, just get it done right away so you don't have to worry about it later? You definitely want to be proactive, for sure. I mean, you look at last deadline, we had the Miami Dolphins trade for Bradley Chubb. I didn't love the value of the draft picks they gave up, but you immediately sign him to a five-year, $110 million deal. And if you look at right now, you know, there are so many guys at the edge rusher position, you know, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Josh Allen in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I could name three or four more names probably that are all pending free agents and are going to sign contracts soon for Sean Gary and Green Bay, et cetera, et cetera. So the earlier you sign, the better, because other players are going to come up and say, I want this plus, you know, 5%. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going to get a great discount when you trade for a guy because you then hold a ton of leverage over you, but but you probably can beat the market a little bit and get a discount as compared to some guys that sign later on. We're talking with Pro Football Focus's Brad Spielberger right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things potential trades coming up. The trade deadline again is October 31st. That's Halloween. Another team that's bad is the Minnesota Vikings. What kind of direction do you think they go? Justin Jefferson's out for at least four weeks. Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his deal. They've got other playmakers, even on the defensive side of things like Daniil Hunter. What do you think that they ultimately end up doing by the trade deadline? Do they move some guys? 
Yeah, if Justin Jefferson was still healthy, I really do think they would have tried to make a push. Yes, they are 1-4, and four, but, you know, one-score losses to the Eagles, Chargers, and Chiefs. So, it's funny. Last year, they were 13-4, and four, but were 11-0 and 0 in one-score games that were not as good as their record. And now they're 1-4, and four, but they're not as bad uh, as their record probably indicates. But because Jefferson is out for at least a month, sounds like it could be longer. You mentioned the big name to me. I don't see why you wouldn't try to trade Daniil Hunter. Look, he's a very good player, but he's going to be 29 years old next year, has been looking for a new contract in Minnesota for the last two or three off-seasons. I think you can get premium draft capital, you know, not a first-round pick, but I think probably a second or maybe, you know, multiple thirds in, in that kind of range and let someone else take him on, save some money, get some draft capital you can use on young players. It's just it's tough because he's probably the best player on the defense by a comfortable margin, but this is not a good football team. And without Justin Jefferson, they're going to struggle on offense now as well, which obviously has been the strength of the team so far. Um, yeah, they, they should sell a couple players this deadline. There's really no reason not to. I like Daniil Hunter a lot. I think he brings a lot to any defense that he's on. What would a contract extension for him look like? Because ultimately, again, that's what he wants as well. Yeah, it's pretty complicated. You know, he had the neck injury and, and kind of dealt with that for a while. Missed the whole season in 2021, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and has had nicks and bruises otherwise. Nothing as serious as that. It's crazy. He's, you know, like I said, he's 28, going to be 29, actually a couple days before the deadline. And he's playing in like his 10th NFL season. He's one of the youngest draft picks ever. Um, so, you know, I think he's more in that second tier. I would say like $23, $24 million per year. I'm sure he'd like a, you know, a three-year, maybe a four-year contract. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be that upper, upper echelon. He is a very good player. You know, last year he had 70-plus pressures, 12 sacks. Um, but this year, and the last couple of years, really, he is getting a lot of pressure. But it's not early in the shot clock, beating your one-on-one to, uh, you know, matchup and getting quick pressure. It's a lot more what we, we call cleanup or pursuit pressure. Still valuable, still helpful. Um, but, obviously, you want the guys that are getting the quarterback in, in two seconds and, and winning right off the snap. So, Still valuable, still a good player, but he's not quite in that, that, that number one tier. Um, so I, I think that second rate for him would make sense. What about Washington? The commanders, to me, I thought they were a really good team, or I thought they had the potential to be a good team, and then they kind of came back down to earth. And I know they got a lot of dudes on that defensive line that make a lot of money, and they got guys that potentially could make a lot of money on that defensive line. Are you seeing any guys in Washington that you think could be uh, potential trade partners or you know, be traded out of D.C., let's put it like that? Yeah, this is a classic situation where you have a front office and coach, and Ron Rivera is kind of both of those things in some degrees, that are obviously trying to keep their jobs. Um, and, and that's going to run counter to what the actual best thing to do for the team is. Because, look, Montez Sweat and Chase Young are both exceptional football players. You know, Sweat has six sacks on the year. Chase Young is one of the highest pass rush win rates in the entire NFL. Had 11 pressures in that Bears game on Thursday night. Um, but the, the thing here is both guys are pending free agents. And as you know, you can only use one franchise tag in a given offseason. So you're pretty much guaranteed to lose one of them unless, I suppose, you find a way to extend one of those guys before free agency and then free up the franchise tag for the other. But that's going to be very hard to pull off. They really should, I think, try to trade one of those two players. I think you're getting a very nice return for either guy. But but that's the issue, right? If you have a general manager and a head coach that they probably think, hey, if we make the playoffs in the NFC, maybe win a playoff game as a wild card, we can keep our jobs for next year. So they have no incentive to do it. Um, but, but from a long-term, you know, building a good winner for the future standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world to trade one of those guys. 
Brad Spielberger is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920, talking about potential trades, guys that could be on the move before the trade deadline. Let's go to New York with the G-Men. Uh, how about uh, Leonard Williams? What, do you, what are your thoughts on him? I'm sure they'd love to move Leonard Williams' contract. Uh, one of the more team-friendly contracts, sorry, player-friendly uh, contracts in the entire NFL. He's not a bad player. He's a top-20-graded interior defender for us this year, but not a very impact pass rusher. He's a very, very stout run defender, and he does generate some pressure. But, you know, Dexter Lawrence, opposite of him on the interior, is one of the best players, you know, across the D-line in the entire NFL. I'm sure they'd love to move him, but you just don't see, you know, the deadline these deals, you're trying to find guys with smaller salaries or, like you saw with the Randy Gregory or we saw last year with a bunch of players, if the team is willing to reduce that salary down – um, and then trade the player for more draft capital. But I'm not sure the Giants are really trying to do that. You know, right. in theory, they're trying to bounce back and you know make the playoffs for a second year in a row. I don't think anyone expects that to happen. But, so yeah, so long answer short, I'm sure the Giants will be open to hearing offers. I just don't <laughs> think anyone's going to offer all that much because he has a massive salary in the final year of his contract, and I don't know if you want to pay him to a third deal. Um, you know, like I said, good player, not not a great player. Want to ask you about a, a member of the Raiders and a guy that's been rumored to be on the trade block for I don't know forever since the draft really, and that's Hunter Renfro. What do you think in reality the Raiders could get for Hunter Renfro if he were to be traded? Yeah, I'd be kind of surprised if he isn't. Uh, I, I can tell you, I know they've had phone calls even this season uh, about Hunter Renfro. So um, he's a guy. I'm not going to say shopping. That's probably a word that gets thrown around too much. But they've explored the idea of other teams maybe bringing him aboard. Um, he, he it works out where his salary dropped down this year to about six million dollars. So a more feasible player for a team to bring in. They'd own about three and a half million for the rest of the year. And yeah, clearly he's not in their long term plans. Even when Jacoby Myers missed time, he still wasn't getting a full run. You know, unfortunately, I think you're probably getting like a fifth round pick here. You know, maybe if if, if no one else trades a receiver and someone's super desperate, maybe you get a fourth. You know, which is tough, obviously. You know, a 1,000-yard guy, a 100-catch guy just a couple of years ago. But a bit older player, um, you know, has not been productive the last couple of years, has, a, has you know, a, a passing or a receiving grade uh, for us that's outside the top 80 uh, over the last year and a half now. So, you know, was very good at the time, but, but I think, you know, kind of on the back nine of his career at this point. Are you surprised that he hasn't been more successful in the Josh McDaniels offense? Yeah, it's pretty strange. You'd think he'd be a perfect fit, right? I mean, a guy you can target early in the shot clock. You can get the ball out quickly. You know Jimmy Garoppolo loves to do that. You know Josh McDaniels loves to do that. He can still create separation out of the slot as well as, you know, many players across the NFL, as sure-handed as anybody can be, you know, can make guys miss in space on occasion. That was the weird one to me. It was when Jacoby got hurt with the concussion. I said, okay, we're probably going to see, you know, a 65 snap, maybe five, six target Hunter Renfro game. And I want to say he played 27 snaps in that game. And that's when my kind of antenna went up. I was like, okay, this guy is going to get traded at the deadline if they can. Yeah, it's been weird. I I don't really know. You know, we, we never know what's going on in practice and stuff like that. But it has been strange. Yeah, I, I don't have any idea. Like, I usually feel like I have a pretty good answer one way or the other. I don't have any idea what the hell's going on with Hunter Renfro and how he's not a fit in this Josh McDaniels-led offense. But clearly, it's not for me to know. Well, Brad, we'll close out on this, and it's been fantastic. It's always great catching up with you. Uh, is there any guy that is out there that you really have an eye on that you're super intrigued by about the possibility of him being moved on from? 
Yeah, I, like I said, I do think it's going to be an active uh, deadline. So we talked about, uh, you know, Brian Burns, Chase Young. I think another edge rusher and Carl Lawson with the Jets will be on a new team. Mm. I guess another, you know, a big name is Jerry Judy. I know there's stuff floating around today about Jerry Judy, uh, the wide receiver of the Denver Broncos. I think he could be on the move as well. Um, who else here? Uh, you know, those are probably the bigger names, but I think, you know, Daniel Hunter as well. I'll give you a couple guys that I think are not likely to get traded, but that could be very interesting. I look at the New England Patriots, who are obviously, you know, for my money, oh, first they're playing the Raiders this weekend, so but for yep. my money, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Are they willing to move on from Josh Gucci? I think it's going to be very interesting. He's a dynamic, awesome pass rusher. You know, had the second-best pass rush win rate in the entire NFL for us last year, but he's not a three-down player. He plays about 400 snaps a season. He comes in an obvious pass rushing situation. And he does dominate when he does that. But are the Patriots maybe just going to kind of cut bait and start over? He's in a contract year. Those are the kind of guys that teams will pay a nice premium for the deadline. You know, I'm not predicting or anything, but but maybe they say, hey, we don't want to pay a guy that we don't view as an every-down player. I think he's pretty intriguing. That is very intriguing to me. That really caught my attention uh, when you mentioned him. Okay, that's a, that's a hell of a player to pay attention to and watch out for. Well, Brad, fantastic stuff as always, man. You guys do great work there at PFF. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so it's all right up this alley. I have an article coming out in the next couple of days, maybe Monday, with my 15 top trade deadline candidates, potential values for those guys, potential fits you know, from a team perspective. So I'll be covering the trade deadline from now until Halloween. Nice. I like it. Well, see, that was a great preview just for what you have coming out on PFF.com. Brad, thanks so much for your time. It's always great to catch up with you. Definitely appreciate you. You too. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brad Spielberger, great stuff. PFF at PFF underscore Brad and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Josh Uche, huh? Hmm. Hmm. The we- I don't know about you, Radio Nation, but the wheels started turning in my head. Just saying, the wheels started turning. A guy who's not necessarily a – uh, a, a three-down, you know, edge rusher, a guy's going to be on the field every down, but a guy that's got a specialty of getting to the quarterback, you kind of, you know, bookend him with Max Crosby, who's there for every snap and then some. And then you got Tyree Wilson that you allow to kind of work his way in. I can see some things cooking there. I can see It's not like this staff doesn't have familiarity with the Patriots. It's not like that. Maybe their familiarity could, could pay off. Right? It's not like they don't play nice with each other. I'm just saying. It's not like they're not going to have a time when they're going to be in the same building at the same time like this upcoming weekend. I'm just saying. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't hate that. Let's put it like that. Many thanks to Brad Spielberger. Definitely appreciate him and his thoughts this afternoon. Let's go ahead and take you real quick back inside the Raiders locker room. We had a chance earlier to hear from Jacorian Bennett. We also heard from Devon Diablo. Let's hear from Malcolm Koontz. He's been doing his thing as of late. I think he's been doing a really good job. He's not a man of many words, but he did have this to say earlier today. What was your focus this offseason to get better on? Just being consistent in general, like with everything I do. How do you feel the defense has come along so far the last few games? Can you see improvements, guys? Yeah, I think we, we, we click in and stuff like that. I think we just playing our own game and doing the stuff that we do in practice, so stuff like that. Have you seen, I mean, how did it feel to be able to close out that last game on Monday night knowing that it was on the strength of the defense to get it done? Oh, it felt great. It always feels great. Catch a dub and stuff like that, but on to the next week, so. I feel like the defense continues to, to gel and gel and get better and better. Yeah, strength. 100%. Yeah, everybody get more comfortable in the system and stuff like that. How would you describe playing with Max? I'm kind of, I mean, obviously he's a nonstop kind of guy, but what's it like being his teammate? What do you, what do you learn from him, I guess? I've never met a guy ever that has a motor like Max that keeps on going, 
you say you get a lot of reps and then like you look at the rep count and you see Max get a lot of reps. Those are two completely different. Like he's in a he's in a he's in a lane of his own. He's just never never played with a guy like you. So. Do you try and match that? Or is that even possible? Or I try, but that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> saying definitely a lot. You feel like this is your big opportunity. You know, you've been kind of in and out, and now suddenly you've really got an opportunity to get out there and play a little bit more. You feel like this is your, your shot? Mm, definitely. I'm just trying to make the best of my opportunities, so, yeah. Being on a field as consistent as you have in the last couple of games, how much has that helped your momentum, your motivation of being like, hey, I'm on the right path? Uh, it's definitely a good feeling uh, to get like more of like a like a rhythm in the game. So, yeah. Compared to previous years? Though. Yeah, it felt kind of like um, maybe a little bit, like, um, how do I say this? Like, uh, like not getting my rhythm, like just getting out there and then coming back out, getting out there, coming back out. But, yeah. And there's been plays where you've been very close and either mm-hmm. Max gets earlier, the quarterback does something yeah. and gets rid of the ball. Do you feel that sack is coming, that that big play is coming, and then it's, like, just going to come in bunches? I mean, you, I mean, as a as an edge rusher, you always want sacks and all the stats and stuff like that. But I don't really care about that. If we ball in, we ball in, so it's whatever. Malcolm Coots in the Raiders locker room a little while ago, a couple hours at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We had an opportunity to catch up with him. We talked to Devon Diablo, talked to Jacorian Bennett. Wasn't a whole lot of guys that were there available. Uh, you know, they were there, but you could see some of them were talking, some weren't. Tyree Wilson, rookie Tyree Wilson was like, I'm not talking. I'm not talking. So me and him actually talked off to the side about uh, his former head coach at Texas Tech, um, uh, uh, Joey McGuire, and, you know, what they had going on and, uh, the fact that him and his wife love love Las Vegas, so I'm sure that Joey McGuire and his wife will make their way out this way uh, sooner rather than later. But they're in, they're in season two, so Joey is all the way locked in. Joey's been on the show before. He's all the way locked in uh, on what Texas Tech has going on right now. So uh, at some point, we'll get to catch up with him. He's a hell of a dude, and that's what me and Tyree's brief conversation was about, just the fact that that's, that's my guy, man. Uh, Joey McGuire is fantastic. He's a ball of energy. He's a guy that will get you pumped up and just about – Anyway, any way, any shape, anyhow, I mean, that dude, he brings the heat, so it's always good to catch up with him. But outside of that, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of folks that were that were there available to talk. But, uh, you know, to be able to catch up with three guys on the defensive side of the ball, I thought that that was a pretty cool thing. So there you go, Malcolm Coons inside the Raiders locker room. Of course, after the game on Sunday, we'll have another opportunity to uh, catch up and win or lose, right? We'll be inside the locker room and talk to as many players as possible and bring it to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. A couple little nuggets I wanted to pass along. Don't forget uh, Sahara, Las Vegas, Chickies and Pete's tonight is the spot. Thursday night football, week six of the NFL gets kicked off with the Chiefs and the Broncos. Clay Baker will be over there at Chickies and Pete's. Game kicks off at 5.15. He'll be there till about 8 o'clock. So make sure you go on by, say what's up, get some great food, get some good beverages. There's TVs on top of TVs on top of TVs all over the place. You're not going to miss any of the action. Baseball's on tonight. You're not going to miss any of that action either. I'm sure uh, Chickies and Pete's, a Philadelphia-based sports bar, will have the Philadelphia Phillies on tonight too. Just just a hunch, right? They'll have the Phillies and the Braves, uh, the NL. DRCS, no, NLDS, excuse me, Division Series that's going on right now for the chance to punch their ticket to the CS and, and play up against the Arizona Diamondbacks who punched their ticket by sweeping the Dodgers. Sweeping the Dodgers. I didn't think that that was the conversation I'd have on game night last night, but it was. <laughs> Dodgers get swept, win 100-something games and get swept? That's not supposed to happen until it did. So the Diamondbacks, shout out to them. And, uh, yeah, the Phillies have an opportunity to punch their ticket tonight if they beat the Braves. If not, then they'll force another game, a game five. And, well, then all bets are off. So 
there is that. Uh, also, what other housekeeping? Oh, tomorrow uh, I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern in Henderson. So uh, if you're out and about and you want to stop on by, uh, make sure you do. We'll be there from 2 to 5 p.m. Probably be there from 2 to about 5.30, uh, hanging out for a little while. But, uh, yeah, definitely come on by there. I'll have plenty of hookup from Coors Light. Uh, they hook us up each and every week. So definitely appreciate uh, anybody that decides to stop on by and say what's up. Uh, I'm anticipating having another opportunity to get inside the Raiders locker room tomorrow uh, before the show. So hopefully we can do that. But if not, that's okay, too. Uh, we'll try to work it out the best way we can. So there you go, a little housekeeping right there as we uh, get ready to take a quick break. It's 424. Coming up next, what we're going to do, go through our week six NFL picks. Uh, week five was terrible for me, so I need to rebound badly. Ari was not as bad as me. Ari actually had a decent week, but I had a terrible, in my best Charles Barkley voice, terrible vo- uh, week in week five. So I got to bounce back before Ari starts getting a big hit and I got to chop his tree down. So uh, we got to get back to that. Get back to winning ways for your boy. <laughs> That's me, not him. So we'll do our, our week six NFL picks. We'll do them next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. There's an element of understanding what you need to do to get yourself opportunities. And there's a lot of other things that go along with that. But if you have good pass protection, the quarterback's reading the plays properly, and they're attacking the middle of the field the right way, I mean, you have opportunities. So, you know, he made a handful of good plays the other day. Austin had a couple touches, too. So just going to keep trying to incorporate those guys as much as we can. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. There's Josh McDaniels right there. Got some Josh McDaniels sound that we haven't got to yet. We're probably going to talk to him tomorrow, but there's some sound from yesterday's media session that we never had an opportunity to get to, and that's kind of what I was talking about at the top of the show. End shows and still have plenty of left over. We do it each and every day. It's a damn shame. I don't know what. I don't know why we always have so much stuff left over, but we do. That's a, that's a good problem to have. So uh, we'll try to get to some Coach McDaniel sounds before the show is over if we have time. Uh, we always love to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200, the don't be broke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. As a matter of fact, ask the question, threw it out there. How will the outlook of the season change for you if the Raiders win on Sunday and improve their overall record to 3-3? Three and three? And uh, this one's from uh, Raider Chavez in the 916. He says, the Raiders going 3-3 three and three would mean a lot to me. I'm coming into town for the Jets game, and I want that game to still mean something for the Raiders. And if we pl- play well over the next few games, hopefully it stays Sunday night football. That's Raider Chavez in the 916. You want to keep those primetime games, right? There's no doubt about it. I- I'm not mad at all. Uh, also, uh, Raider Ryan said, for me it's more about how they play other than winning or losing. Ugly wins are indeed better, but I want to see this team improve week after week. That's from Raider Ryan. And, yeah, you definitely want to see the team improve. You want to see the team improve and get dubs. You don't want to just come back and say, well, you know what? They look pretty good. They lost, but they look pretty good. Like, you, it, it's, it's no moral victories in the NFL. Hell, I don't think there's moral victories in anything, right? I mean, you want to win at all costs at everything. Hell, NFL picks, I want to win, right? I don't want to say that the, the week was a bad week, so that's why I lost. No, I just I, I was terrible. <laughs> Got to do better. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You just want to see 
this team find ways to win games, you know, and, and I think that they have a good enough defense to be able to complement their offense and play at a, at a nice level to give themselves a chance, but the offense has got to catch up to the to the to the defense now, which is something that I never thought that I would say, but that's where we're at right now. The defense is playing at a higher level that's giving them a chance, but the the offense at some point has got to uh has got to catch up. Let's go out to Portland real quick, talk to Robert, and then we'll get to our NFL picks. Robert, welcome to the show. Yeah, hey, I had to ask you, um with Sertan on the block, uh would Peyton you know, move him to Dallas uh in a package deal? I know you're gonna jump me really bad on this one. But if if Dak loses uh, this Sunday to the Chargers and he's, uh, you know, the storm begins, what happens if Peyton comes to uh, Jerry and says, I'll move Sertan to place, you know, so you can you know, take the place of Diggs who's hurt. And I'll also move Wilson, who's on a, a lot less contract through 25. They both have guaranteed contracts through 25, and they have Trey Lance already in play in a couple of years. Would they do that? You've been in Texas a long time. Would he, he, you know, would they consider, would Jerry consider moving Dak and his 40 million, uh, which is guaranteed through 25 for both Sertan and Russell Wilson, who's only thrown two interceptions this year and drives the Niners nuts. He's 17 and four against the 49ers. He's the kryptonite that the Niners can't beat. Would that, be far-fetched or would that be considered by jerry uh, if they lose to chargers and uh, start spinning out of control all right thanks for the thanks for the thanks for the call robert that's a good question um i think and this is just from my personal experience i think that dak is really tight with uh with jerry i feel like that they are really tight and every time Jerry speaks on Dak, he say, "Hey, I could win the Super Bowl with him. He's my guy." I just feel like he really is is in lockstep. Now, I can see Jerry making a move for Sertan. I can't see him making a move for Russell Wilson and Sertan, but I could definitely see Jerry saying, "You know what? I know we just gave Trayvon Diggs all this money. I know Pat Sertan's going to need money, but I think that we have a really good team, and we need a a, a lockdown corner, a guy that can." You know, take the ball back, even though they do have depth at the corner position. But I can see him doing that because, well, one, he wants a big-time playmaker, but he also wants a big-time name. There's one thing I know about Jerry Jones he loves. He loves names. He wants to sell those jerseys, right? I mean, he does. You can ask any Cowboy fan. He wants to sell those jerseys. So if you have a name that's worth the salt, even if your name is worth the salt, he'll he'll sell that jersey, right? I mean, that's that's – that's all – that's – man, he wants that almost as bad as he wants a championship. He wants to be able to market and have five million of his Cowboy jerseys out there. So if if they were to lose to the Chargers on Monday Night Football and maybe the secondary looks like it's struggling, I could definitely see him making a move like that. They gave Diggs the money. He'll be back next year. Uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore is obviously getting older in the tooth. So I could see them saying, you know what? We'll have Diggs and we'll have Sertan as a one-two punch for years to come. I can see him doing that. I don't see him making a trade for Russell Wilson at all. I, I just I couldn't see that. I think him and Dak are too close. I, I honestly believe, and, and I don't remember exactly what it is, and I'd probably have to Google it or reach out to one of my you know Cowboy beat, beat writer friends to, to confirm. I want to say that Dak and Jerry are business partners in something. I just don't remember what it is. There was something that they came together like butt cheeks with, 
uh, when he when when Dak first like signed his big contract. I don't know what business venture it was, but there was something, and Dak is part of it. I mean, him and Jerry are tight, and I just I don't see I don't see him moving on from Dak anytime soon. Uh, they already gave him a lot of money. Uh, I just I don't like I said I don't know what it is. I have to I have to reach out to someone to find out. But I guess that's a long way of of answering. No, he's not going to trade for Russell Wilson. But yes, he would trade or make a try to make a trade for Pat Sertan, and I'm sure Sean Payton would be open to it. Sean Payton is very very friendly with uh, with Jerry Jones. I'm actually surprised that Sean Payton's not in there coaching <laughs> for Jerry Jones. But you know he also doesn't want the 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 owner of the team hovering over his shoulder either. Uh, Sean, Dak is just fine. Dak is good. Dak can win us a Super Bowl. Uh, Jerry, I really don't want to move. I, I think we need to move on from Dak. I think I need to go get my own guy. Now, Sean, you know I respect you. You know I love you like my son. But I got to interject here. I ain't the owner of the Dallas Cowboys because I'm dumb. I, there's a lot of smarts that took into me being the owner of this here franchise. So, yeah, Dak, Dak is our guy. I got a press conference to get to. I'll be back. Anyway, that's all I got. So, <laughs> I don't know why I, I, I can't help myself, Ari. It's just what it's I did. It's too good. I, I don't even want to follow that, but yeah, I, I don't have know. to. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into NFL picks while I'm trying to recover. Now my throat hurts there now that go. I tried to be Jerry Jones. But, all right, let's go ahead and get into our week six picks. That sounds good. Uh, and uh, super quick, I don't think this is really – it, but he there's something about an energy company, $5.7 billion company, Jerry Jones, and it may or may not have something to do with what you're saying. Okay. That's all I got yeah. on that. Uh, something I'm less good at than picks, which is getting information about Jerry Jones. <laughs> so, so tonight, in just a little bit, prime time, Denver and Kansas City in Kansas City. We really have to, to go through this one. I think it's a no-brainer that Casey wins this game. I will say 10.5 points seems like a lot, but... I'm, I mean, we're not picking against the spread, so I'm just going to go with the Chiefs. I don't think it's a. I think it's a no-brainer. Kansas City's four and one. They improved to five and one, and the Broncos dropped to one and five. And the wheels are definitely off at that point. So there you go. One, one and five. I got Kansas City improving to five and one. Same here. Yep. Right now. All right. Uh, Six thirty in the morning. You know what that means? Good old London game. Baltimore. London, baby. Baltimore and Tennessee, which I guess technically Tennessee would be the the home team. Yeah. And with that said, Baltimore's favored four and a half. Uh, I'm taking Baltimore, but I will say I'm a little apprehensive. I don't know who Baltimore is at this right, stage. It's been right? rough. Yeah. I think that they're a better team. I really do. I believe that they're a better team. And I like their offense until I don't. And what I mean by that is their offense looks like it can be really good. Lamar Jackson, if you just look at his numbers, he's on pace to you know have like 45 touchdown passes and throw for like 4,500 yards or you know or 36 touchdown passes and 4,500 yards, something like that. I don't have it off the top of my head. He's on pace to do some really good things, but his damn wide receivers are also on pace to have a million drops. They just I don't know why they can't seem to get right, but I'm gonna take Baltimore. Um, they're four and a half point favorites. I'm a little nervous about this one. Like I don't feel confident in this pick because again, Baltimore seems like they're you know they're just they're not going to tell you who they are, and they're not going to show you who they are. So I'm going to roll with them again. I rolled with them last week, and it cost me. So All I'm going right. to roll with them one more time. Same here. Also, Before they're dead to me. Then I'll do, <laughs> then I'll do like uh, John Taffer. Uh, you're dead to me. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'll also add Tennessee's been kind of like not good, but they've been knocking off teams that you wouldn't think they would. So yeah. who knows? Oh, man. Washington in Atlanta. Atlanta two-and-a-half-point favorites. 
man, I went against Atlanta last week. I thought that, you know, they were they were false. You know, I was just, ah, it's, it's cute, whatever. I don't like Desmond Ritter at quarterback, but I love B. John Robinson at running back. I think B. John Robinson is fantastic. I'm going to roll with the ATL, man. Washington, after that that breakdown performance against the Bears, I, I can't I can't stomach to go for Washington anymore, so I'm going to pick Atlanta in this one. Uh, I can't stomach this game, but I can stomach Washington. That's who I'm going with. Ooh, all right, there you go. Which, Ari goes to Washington, I go with the ATL. It's always fun. Not another word. It's always fun <laughs> when, Q, uh, when Q goes against me on any of these games. It's not interesting. It's fun. <laughs> well been, done. This whole day, I've been like, I'm not going to say it the whole time. That's funny. Well <laughs> done. I like that. Thank Good you. job. Good job. Uh, okay. I'm taking this one first. Minnesota in Chicago, two and a half point favorites. And guess what? I am taking Chicago because Justin Jefferson's out. And I just feel like after last week, why not? Chicago looks okay. <laughs> Right? I mean, I was about to say pretty good, but they don't look pretty Man, good. They look okay. <laughs> the performance that they put in Thursday night football against Washington looked good. Justin Jefferson, not Justin Jefferson, Justin Fields threw four touchdown passes. He threw four touchdown passes the week before. So, I mean, he's starting to come into his own. So I'm rolling with Chicago as well. I'm not too sure why Minnesota on the road is two-and-a-half-point favorites, right. especially without Justin Jefferson. I don't really understand that, but, again, that's not – that's not for me to understand, but I'm going with Chicago. That is strange. And I'll add, I just printed these out, so it's, this is today officially. This is yeah. you know, not after yep. any info's out. So, uh, Seattle in Cincinnati. I've Three. gone against dog. I've gone against Cincinnati so many times. I just don't trust that team. I know they're three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. I'm going to go against them again. I'm picking Seattle in this one. That makes me feel better about doing the same thing. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, I think it'll be a tight game, but, yeah, I, I see Seattle – uh, San Francisco in Cleveland. Cleveland got a great defense, but San Francisco is the GOAT right now. So I'm taking them easily. I just saw that uh, Deshaun Watson is not playing on Sunday either. So there's definitely no chance. DTR is not playing either. Uh, I think it's going to be P.J. Walker. So I, I would have gave some love to DTR. Not that I think that they're going to win, but I just want to see him. So that'd be cool. But no DTR, no Q. So, uh, yeah, I'm, ro- I'm definitely rolling with San Francisco. I would have picked the 49ers anyway. They're 5-0, yeah, and the, it's the, just... the Browns aren't. But I would have definitely enjoyed seeing uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson out there. But uh, if he ain't playing, I sure am not tuning in this one. I feel like the 49ers are going to boat, boat race the, the Cleveland Browns. So, uh, yeah, 7.5-point favorites, that's fine. I'm good with that. They'll win by double digits. All right. Okay. Uh, Carolina in Miami, the Un, unwin, what would you say it? Not, unwin? N- un, what is that? What kind, no of word is, what kind of word is unwin? That's what happens when that's you try worse, to be cute. That's worse to... than me. I come up with some dumb words at times, but unwin? That was pretty bad. I was uh, trying to be really clever about how I said unwin. that Carolina is 0-5. They have the no unwin wins. Panthers. <laughs> the unwinnable, I don't know. Just They're going to lose. That's, that's the takeaway there. Cute the words un- and all. The unwin Panthers. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's an interesting way to say it, right? I got Miami. How let's about move, the no win Panthers? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why didn't you interrupt me like 20 I didn't, minutes I want, ago? Because I wanted to hear what kind of cluster <laughs> F you were struggle. about to come up with. Let me struggle all the way. Well, that's uh, that's how I do, man. I'm, I'm that guy, Ari, that you'd be in the middle of the <laughs> ocean and you'd be like frantically saying, throw me, throw me in my life jacket. I'd be like, what? What's, I thought you could swim. Uh, yeah. And I'd be trying to have a conversation with you while you're like, throw me in a life jacket. Wait, I'm, I, I'm coming. Just hang on first. Wait, I, gotta bust I didn't your hear chops. you. Hold on, man. I got to get a drink. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Someone else is talking to me. Hold on. What are you saying? And then by the time when you like your face starts to turn blue, I'd be like, hey, Ari, 
Grab the life jacket. Now grab it quicker. Why aren't you? Why, why haven't you grabbed it already? What you is saw, wrong with you? Why are you struggling so much? Yeah, man. That is that's peak, that would have been peak me. Peak Q right there. Yeah, that's that's me to a T. I got the Dolphins with all that said and done. There you go. <laughs> all right. Here's another one that's kind of tricky or maybe not. Uh, you might even call it interesting. Indianapolis versus the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, this is this is interesting. Jacksonville's been uh, basically, I feel like, home the last three weeks. They've been in London two weeks in a row. They picked up that win against the Bills. I still can't believe that, that they did that. The league let them do that. And now they're at home-home. <laughs> no Anthony Richardson for the Colts either. He looks like he's going to be out about seven or eight weeks. Broken uh, – AC joint or broken shoulder or broken collarbone, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, it's a bad injury. Um, Jacksonville's four-and-a-half-point favorites. I hate this one. I honestly hate right. this game. I'm picking Jaguars, but I'm not confident at all in this one. I'm not confident at all. That is – I know you're going to accuse me of just taking your swag, but that is exactly how I feel all the way. By the way, it's a shoulder injury on Anthony okay. Richardson. There but, yeah, go. I'm reluctantly taking the Jags as well. So yeah, that's – that one – right hey, man, that's a, that's a coin toss. Yeah, it really is. You know. All right. Well, I hate this game even more, by the way. New Orleans in Houston against the Texans. Coming off that, what was it, 34-0? Yeah, they spanked them. <sighs> yeah, and I don't – but then but then Houston's been looking good. But I'm, I'm going with New Orleans. Um, and take that I've one gone, and a half I've points. gone with them. I mean, I've gone against them so much, I might as well stay consistent. I'm going to go against them. I'm going to pick Houston. I, I, I think this C.J. Stroud thing is real. Speaking of C.J. Stroud, let me go ahead and pass this along real quick, this little nugget from uh, Dan Orlowski from uh, ESPN. I'm going to try to get him on the show to actually talk about this. Uh, this is the – and it doesn't really matter, but apparently he was on the Dan Patrick show earlier today, and he revealed that the Raiders tried to trade up to the number one spot. We all knew that, but we all believe that it was for Bryce Young. He said the Raiders tried to trade up for quarterback C.J. Stroud before the 2023 NFL draft. It was reported before the draft that the Raiders tried to trade up the first overall pick when the, uh, the Bears had it, and apparently the compensation that they wanted was they wanted the Raiders' 2023 first-round pick, 2023 second-round pick, two, two future first-round picks, and a future second-round pick for the first overall pick that they ended up trading to the Panthers. And, well, we know the rest after that. So apparently the Raiders, we knew they were in at the number one spot, but according to Dan Orlowski, which I'm not saying is Bible, but that's the report that's out there, they were trying to trade up to get C.J. Stroud. And, well... C.J. Stroud is not the best rookie quarterback out there so far through five weeks. So there's that. That is what I would call interesting. Yeah, that, that is. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Lions, Tampa Bay. Um, In Detroit. Tampa. I got Detroit. Tampa Bay's playing good, though. Welcome they to are the playing, party. They're playing really good. Yeah, no, I, no I'm, I'm not only at the party, man. Like I said, I went Man. after Dang. last week, man, I went home, and I got dressed for the party, and I put my good clothes on. I even <laughs> took a shower first, right? I didn't want to stink when I got to the party. I wanted to be... You know, smelling good, hair looking good, got the waves on point, got the clothes looking sharp, right? Have a little something in me. My, I might have come through the door with a little jig or something, you know what <laughs> I mean? A little, a little shimmy. Yeah, I'm at the party, man. I'm there. Detroit. Same. All right. Same. All right. Oh, man. Arizona in L.A. against the Rams. Rams are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like right. the, the spread at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick the Rams uh, and the spread. I'd take Arizona if, if I was betting against the spread, but I'll, I'll go with the Rams in this game just to win. But I don't think that they cover that. Seven and a half, that's eight points. That's a lot of points, man. Yeah, I agree. And I have the Rams too, which I'm bummed because I was hoping you'd take the Cardinals. Nope. That would have been I learned from my mistakes. Yes. Uh, Eagles and the Jets in New York. New this is another spread I don't like. The Eagles, seven and a half point favorites. I think the Jets defense is better than that. 
I really do. I think the Jets' defense is going to keep them in just about every game. By the way, they're on the Raiders' schedule as well at Allegiant Stadium following, I think, the Giants' game or something, one of the two. It's like the Jets and then the Giants or the Giants and then Jets, one of the two. Anyway, I got the Eagles, but like I said, if I was betting the spread, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go with the seven and a half points. I'd take the Jets in that one. But I'm going to go with the Eagles straight up. Same. I agree with all that. Go figure. Okay. Go figure. Giants and Buffalo against the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, no I question. got the Bills too. The Giants stink. So. Fourteen and a half favorites. Yeah, that's way too many perks. Way uh, too many. I don't many. know. This might be like a get back from, from last week. Well, we'll see. Nah, it's a, they're, they're, they're not going to get back to anything. So right. I'm rolling with Buffalo. Uh, I'm rolling with the Cowboys over the Chargers. Yep, me too. All right, that was Dallas easy. is only two and a half point favorites. I got I got the Cowboys in that one as well, which leads us to the Raiders host of the Patriots. The Raiders are three and a half point favorites right now. I'm going with the Raiders. I think there's no reason why they don't score 20 points. I actually picked them to win 22. What I say, 20 to uh, 21 to 14. That's what I picked on the Locked On podcast, the Locked On Raiders podcast when I did the crossover edition. I finally they finally got over the 20 point mark. They're going to hit 21, and the Patriots will get 14. Uh, at at the best, and so I got the Raiders improving to three and three overall. All right, uh, and by the way, I am going to pull that sound if it happens. You did say here on this show. You also earlier said, I think this is going to be the one where they score over twenty points. There it is. See so, now, if they don't, I'll pull the sound especially. Well, right, <laughs> of course. I mean, kick kick me while I'm down, right? Yeah, you know, got to win in Rome. <laughs> right. How All about right. this one? Uh, Raider DJ Tony Tone said, uh, "How about the winless Panthers?" Q. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. That's even better. Hey, Tony, you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> but not unwin. Isn't that, or unwinnable? Is that what you said? I don't even know. No, it wasn't even that coherent. Unwinnable sounds legit. <laughs> what I said was like, I don't know. It was just gibberish. I don't, I don't even want to. Unwin. You said unwin. There you go. Yeah. The unwin. Un, the unwind or something. Yeah. I said the no yeah. win. I did that to take away from last week's blunder with the interesting. So now you guys can make fun of me for that. Uh, by the way, you didn't ask what I picked, which is I'm going with the Raiders. I don't know about the 20 points. I'm just looking for a dub. Hey, so are they. That's what I'll So are they. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. So that's our Week 6 NFL picks. Of course, Week 6 gets underway in about 30 minutes from now, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. And, of course, if you're around town and you want to go see that game, you want to hang out with Clay Baker, make sure you go to Sahara, Las Vegas, Chickies and Pete's. Fantastic food. The food is amazing. It is, man, it's one of my favorite spots to go to. Uh, of course, you can see all the action on any of the TVs. Plus, on top of that, there's college football on right now. There's going to be the NFL game on. Of course, Major League Baseball, the, the, uh, the postseason is on right now. So that's the beauty. If you don't have multiple TVs at your house, then go down to Chickies and Pete's, check out their multiple TVs, and you can see all the action, like Future would say, at the same damn time, right? You can check it all out at the same damn time. Enjoy some great food, beverages, and get hooked up with some prizes as well. Right, I know Clay's got some T-shirts out there. He's got some cups. He's got some koozies. Uh, Clay's uh, he's pretty good with the the prize keeper, so he usually gets a couple extra little items out of the prize uh, closet and is able to give them out. So definitely go down there and get hooked up. Clay will be there at Chickies and Pete's from five o'clock till uh, about eight o'clock, maybe a little bit later. Uh, who knows? Maybe. Maybe you can get, really get Clay partying, and then it's like a super late night. Then when he has to roll in for the morning tailgate, he'll be in rare form tomorrow. <laughs> if he makes it then, right? Oh, no, he'll make how, it. How, how festive are we talking here? I <laughs> mean, I'm just saying. Like, there's been times, like, hey, man, I used to do the morning show before, too, so I know how I know what kind of drag that is. And there's been times, man, when oh, I'm you, sure. know, you go to a concert that night before, and then you got to be up the next morning super Running early. Fumes, and, yep. Yeah, man. When I when I did mornings, I uh, I usually got up around four o'clock every morning, 
and would be at the radio station about five, and you know the show would start at six, whatever the case may be. And uh, man, it sometimes, brother, yeah, sometimes, right. <laughs> man, you just got to get up out of bed. You got to get your best, you know, five hour energy. Boom, you know, wake up and and be ready to rock and roll. And then by the time the show's over, and by the time your day's over, you're ready to crash. But that's again, that's more. That's the beauty of of morning radio, man. That's what you do. So. Uh, Clay can handle it. He's a pro's bro. Yeah, he got it. Lead so, by example. I like it. So <laughs> go on out there and party with him and see how long you can keep him out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> good advice. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, it's going to be Friday anyway, and as as, yeah. Q, as Q, my boss, says all the time. Works overrated. Yeah, you know, just go ahead and bounce. Just be out. Be Do out. something good for your country, man. Yeah. Don't worry, the bosses don't care. Yeah, exactly. One day I'm gonna make good on that on your uh, on your request there. And no, you'll you be won't. Staring at a blank screen. No, you won't. Talking to the, the no, crowd for a whole three you hours because you, you ain't ever fine. not gonna. No, you won't. No, you no, don't no, ever show up. Anytime we invite you anywhere, you don't show up anywhere. Oh, how did that turn into that? Because that's what you brought I'm it talking up, about not me. work. I'm, t- I'm talking about being here to do my job. Well, I mean, if you ain't gonna show up to the party, then you might as well go to work. Yeah, we'll see. I got to actually uh, answer uh, Sir Whiskey Ray about some things on that, too. He, yeah, he's right. checking me, too, as well. On, on all that. right. Well, Sir Whiskey Ray, I'm glad he's on top of things. But, yeah, that's going to do it for today's show. Again, uh, Chickies and Pete's the spot to be uh, tomorrow. If you're checking out Unnecessary Roughness, we'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern and Henderson. Come on by 2 to 5. I'll have just as many prizes as Clay does because I'm, I'm one of those guys that likes to raid the prize closet, too. So come on by, get hooked up, and we'll get you hooked up like that. 2 to 5. Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern with Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a fantastic evening. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.